This Lcast is recorded in front of a live streaming audience. Welcome to another episode of The Cellcast. Joining us today is a man who just woke up in a J teapot. Welcome, Jacob. Hey, you know the rules. Uh, incomparable, uh, phenomenal cosmic power. Okay, fine. Thank you. You're not getting any wishes after that. It's not like you couldn't have left at any time. True. Why, thank you. Let me introduce our co-host. A man who... Oh... Just wants to reunite with a friend. Welcome, Jerk. Well, don't we all want to reunite with our friends from childhood from time to time? True. Very, very true. Of course, none of mine are rich (laughs) models for rings. True. Hot. (laughs) Let me rephrase because I did know some girls who might take some offense to that. Hey! I just thought of that. None of them. You know what? I'm not going to fix that because I can't fix it. Okay. I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> Kill me later. <laughs> None of that was meant towards you. It was meant towards all my friends who were guys. That even sounds worse. <laughs> Digging yourself a hole. Moving yourself a hole. right along. How are Into you, Into the country. Uh, very good. Uh, uh, as, uh, as you can see, for our visual audience, I am wearing a Texas Ranger hat that you bought Saturday. I bought Saturday. Uh, me and a couple of friends from the uh, the singles group at our church. We went to a Texas me, including you know Drew over here. Uh, we went to a Texas Rangers game in mm-hmm. Arlington, Texas, and that and was walked two miles. To yes, from our van. that was fun for me. Others not so much. Um, My legs are sore. <laughs> I was hyper. Let's say that. You were not walking in sandals. <laughs> That's true. You'd be like, yes, I was in more advantage than you were. Uh, I was not. Ex- I was expecting to walk, just mm-hmm. not that far. Right. Yeah. My my week prior to. Especially the... since after I looked at the map after the fact, mm-hmm. I realized we went the long way both times. Uh-huh. Maybe someone would listen to the smaller guy. Hmm. You. The route you suggested was not the right fast route either. Okay, then. We should have just gone straight through those doors and gone walked right past the old ballpark. Okay, that'll work. That would have been faster. Uh, you live but in But I there. couldn't, we could none of us could tell that sitting up there. True. So my my week uh, was very long. My weekend was very long. Uh, sat, Friday, it was, you know, go to work, get off. Uh, a friend of mine was doing kind of a housewarming guys. What was it? Bros, brew, uh, booze, bros, booze, bros, booze, booze uh, barbecue, and board games. Yeah, board games. That's what it was. The four That's what you told me. Yes. You know, ne- you never said all four of those at once because you always forgot one. Yes, I did. <laughs> so uh, I went the home. four B's. Yeah, the four B's. Uh, so yes. Moving on. 
some of the more buzzed after that. Uh, yeah, I completely agree with you on that. Uh, so I went hung up there, uh, left there about midnight, got home, got some sleep, mm-hmm. got up the next morning, did a little workout, came, uh, went back for breakfast, left there, stopped off to where I work, grabbed a few things, went to the church, met met the crew going to the Rangers game, went to said Rangers game, had a blast there. Uh, Sitting right under the air vent. Oh my gosh. Which was nice, actually. It, it was nice, but you're freezing your... I was freezing by, my liver. By inning seven, we were all thinking, can we move? Yeah. There's plenty of room. I, I'm starting to get frostbite. <laughs> <laughs> so, like... um so I, I think trying to find food was interesting prior to um, we no one would tell me where to go. Okay? Exactly. I, I agree. Saying, Why don't we go here? Why don't we go here? It's like, guys, just pick a spot. Why didn't y'all count because this before we left? <laughs> and so one of the interesting stories for that, because we were we eventually we were, gave up. We're going to go to Chick-fil-A. Yeah, we get turned into the Chick-fil-A parking lot. One of our gang says. Hey guys, can I, I have a question? Can we go eat at the TGI Fridays across the street? Because I don't want to eat just a salad. Yeah, it's like you know what? That's fair. Okay, let me see if I can figure out how to get us over there. <laughs> yeah, it was it was an adventure. Uh, the Rangers won. It was a great game. On the way back, uh, me and Drew had a like a blast and a half uh, singing. singing the entire time. Supposedly there is a video of us, but I have not seen it posted yet. Yeah, it hasn't been hasn't surfaced yet. That's gonna be interesting whenever that does. Um it's of us singing you may be right, you I'd be you like crazy. crazy. But it just, just ain't lunatic you're, you're looking, looking for. for Okay moving on. <laughs> so turn out the lights <laughs> Either. I do wonder if people think we're we are actually crazy. <laughs> they may be right, <laughs> but either or they're the ones who let us drive. That is true. Yeah, that was that was fun. We got back probably like one o'clock in the morning. Church the next morning. We All of us pot- are half awake. Yeah, potluck, which is where we just eat. You know, yeah, a a a, a meal together as a as a, um, singles a singles department. And uh, I got home and I'm like, you know what? I'm pooped. I'm doing nothing else today. <laughs> and I uh, got well rested, went to work, went to work today. And uh, yeah, I'm here. All right. How about you? You just described one of my days. <laughs> right. Because I was right there with you. True. Uh, Friday, though, I was, I guess, hosted on the Retro Rewind podcast yeah. for their review of Quigley Down Under. Mm-hmm. But unlike you, Saturday morning, I continued with the Retro Rewind crew because it was Francisco's birthday. Yeah. And he was having a birthday stream where they were playing community games all day. Oh, okay. And one of the games we ended up playing was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. Oh, really? I have now officially beaten Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. Nice. Which is saying something considering I didn't watch the cartoon growing up. Ah. But I had fun with the gang. That's right. the main thing. And it was right. a fun game. Right. We had a good time. That's good. So, yeah. And and uh, we kept annoying Francisco all weekend, calling him Roy. Roy. <laughs> that was fun. I can imagine. You should be posting that episode tomorrow. So, if you are on Retro Rewind, uh, keep an eye out for that. that awesome. 
very fun episode. Yeah, because I was I was actually given the opportunity to be on that show. Right. But it was more I was so torn. I was like, I want to do the review because I loved Quigley Down Under when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. But it was like, okay, I don't get to see these people that often because most of them live in the Houston area or whatever. Right, right. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go hang out with my friends. And that's very fair. Yeah. So, yeah, I had Francisco a Francisco may fight you over this, but I don't care because <laughs> well, who listens to Roy? That's true. My name's when he's got he that gun in his hand. He can't see the smile on my face. <laughs> except for the video people. <laughs> Can you hear me, Red uh, Roy? <laughs> anyway, moving on. But it's like, yeah. That that's so, cool. yeah, that was that was fun. Uh and then Sunday night. And then Sunday night. <laughs> Uh, I actually did go over to hang out with our good friend Chase. Yeah. And we just mostly hung out and we watched a movie, which I'll talk about in a minute. Okay. And, uh, you know, just had a good time. Didn't get home till 11. Oof. Because you know how we get to talking. Right. But uh, other than that, it was a pretty decent week. That's good. Kind of a normal week. So, uh, Jacob, I do have a question for you, my friend. Hmm. What have you been watching? Ah, okay. That is a good question. So prior to us hitting record, Drew actually showed me a promo for a unaired Gundam. Unmade, if we're being honest. It was was the promo slash pilot that they sent to, I guess, the network, like NBC, like to NBC, CBS, Fox, all that sort of people to shop around this show concept it's like five minutes long Mm -hmm. and they took footage from sd gundam and turned it into something called doozy bots which was weird yeah it was very weird it was very weird so speaking of gundam speaking of gundam uh our friend dallas over geek devotions Mm -hmm. has recently started doing uh the The gundam Gundam watch Watch. which i've listened to i think the first episode i've listened to episode zero Mm. i listened to that today Mm. yeah it's it's good so far be like my my primarily gundam franchise me going into was gundam wing mine Um, is mobile fighter g gundam the uh as, as dallas says in that episode probably the most uh racially insensitive gundam series ever I, made agreed like, agreed you're not wrong but at the same time shining finger shining finger oh my gosh but i wish um, i remembered the whole phrase but so i'm so i'm kind of i think this was on sunday i think it was on sunday so i'm sitting around just relaxing you know gonna go to bed early Yes. And I'm sitting around and I'm watching. I'll be like, I'm on Netflix. I'm like, okay, what they got Gundam? It's like Gundam Hathaway. What is this? So I turned it on and it's like, it's like nothing and be like, this might be connected to Universal's entry in any fashion or form. So I watch it and they start talking about Char's Rebellion. That would, Hath- put, that would be Universal Century. Yeah. I was knowledge. like, wait a minute. Be like, this takes place before that and it's like okay so i finished watching the movie and it, it's like it just abruptly ends as far as i remember and i'm like i need to watch char's counterattack which is a movie that that is it's from gundam double double zeta or double you know double ask gun. me no questions I'm, I'm not i will tell you no lies i will fully admit 
that my knowledge of mobile suit Gundam is very limited. Got it. So be like, and then it's just like, you know what? I'm I'm gonna watch Char's Counterattack, which is a mobile suit gun yes. mobile suit Gundam movie. I have heard of this movie at the yeah, very least. It's it's good. It's interesting. And it's just like Char's crazy attempt to destroy the earth because earthlings are be like just in, insects who are going to destroy the planet and they're inferior because be like now you live in space and somehow you have second powers <laughs> i'm sorry but when you said he's going to blow up the earth my thought was is it blocking his view of venus is he going to blow it up with his uranium 236 explosive space modulator I love the blank look on Jacob's face right this moment. <laughs> I have no idea. He doesn't what... know what I that I'm referencing Marvin the Martian from Looney Tunes. Oh, okay. I got you. I got you. Got you. Mm, wasn't that lovely? <laughs> Not really. Moving on. <laughs> but uh, so I watched it. It's like it's it's a good movie. Be like most of the the uh, female the female heroines in this movie are basically farter for our main two pro uh, like antagonist protagonist mm-hmm. and one of them oh my gosh can't remember her name she's this spoiled brat kid who's just rich she's part of the autocracy or what is that aristocracy aristocracy i always get that word mixed up it's not an easy word no it's not but uh she's like rich and just uppity and nope she doesn't listen to reason and when her character dies i'm like i'm not clapping but i'm like okay and it's like works for me works for me that sounds really bad for a, like a little teenage teenage character who gets blown up, <laughs> but it's just like, ugh. like you watch the movie and it's like, sure, you're gross. It's like, what is wrong with you? What kind of sicko character are you? Anyways, mm-hmm. I'm not going to go farther into that, but it's just like, ugh. nah, um, but and uh, while I was re- while I was taking my notes, I uh, decided to because I mentioned before, like uh, talk about Inuyasha. I uh, started rewatching Inuyasha on Netflix, and yeah, it's pretty good. I've, now, granted, when I watched it on Toonami originally, I was like, "Oh, this is cool." I had no idea it was you know created by. Long. Yeah, it is long. long. It's longer than Dragon Ball. <laughs> Seven seasons and a, uh, a a final cut or whatever. A final act is what it was. And it goes in circles for a long time. It does. It's why does. I gave up on the show. Yeah. But uh, I'm enjoying it so far. I'm, I'm, I'm circling in season one. And uh, I'm enjoying it so far. Be like, it's it's like, oh, okay, I remember this very well. Minus they don't have seven, all seven seasons or the final acts on Netflix. Yeah, that's yet. on Crunchyroll. Probably. Everything's on Crunchyroll now. Yeah, apparently. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, also, I've gotten into watching more uh, like Mayday, airline disasters, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. There again, I am a, you know, a true crime nut. And it's just watching them investigate how these planes crash and what's the reason is a pilot error is mechanical is it you know anything like that it's just really fascinating watching it okay so yeah that's all i've been watching you well when i was over at chase's uh we watched a movie Mm -hmm. that i had not seen before that was directed by robert zemeckis really yes uh it was a movie called Used Cars. Oh, yeah. I had never even heard of this yeah. film. 
Now, I will say, if you are underage, don't watch it because good night is there a lot of nudity in this film. Hmm. But uh, it was, it was the 80s. <laughs> I know, but still, you should know going into it. True. It is not a family film in any way, Agreed. shape, or form, even though it is a stupid comedy. And it was produced by Steven Spielberg. Yeah, it was the second film. Yeah. And it bombed in theaters. <laughs> That's anyway, why that's, yeah. that's why Zemeckis went on to do Romance in the Stone. Right. But anyway. Um, so also, along with that, I have also been watching this week an anime. Mm. I've gotten through six episodes, I believe now, mm. of a show I actually originally talked about in a previous podcast life. Really? Back when I was on Geeks Casting Pods. Oh. Uh. An anime I discovered while we were in the middle of that, after I had moved into this very apartment, but for whatever reason, never finished. Hmm. And it just re- recently, this year, got a second season. That anime is The Devil is a Part-Timer. Really? Yes. Now, I'm a Christian, so you would think that a movie where, a TV show where the devil is the protagonist, which should be against that, I'm going to tell you this is not that devil. Mm. heck there is a character in here named lucifer and it is not separate character and it is not that lucifer mm. they are character characters with different names deal with it but uh it starts off as being kind of your reverse comedy or reverse isekai comedy right where you know these characters from this fictional what we, to us as a fictional world are now having to deal with you know having to make money now they have bodies that require food Mm. and they don't know how to deal with all that stuff and it starts that way but then somewhere around episode four it suddenly turns into a semi-serious drama really it's like oh you're actually doing something interesting and not just being a silly comedy Mm. it's normally anime it starts off as a silly comedy Mm -hmm. and never leaves that really like One Punch Man, for instance. Right. One Punch Man does some other interesting things. Don't get me wrong. Right. But it's never really leaves the vein of, look at what ridiculous thing you're going to see next. Hmm. This mo- this show, I mean, despite the fact it's called The Devil is a Part-Timer, it doesn't even half the time go to his part-time job at, Mc- at Mig Ronald's. Hmm. Not McDonald's. Mig Ronald's. Mig Ronald's. Like copyright. Mm-hmm. Ain't that fun? I yeah. Trademark, but whatever. Um, it's it, for like, it's like three or four episodes where they're not even there, mm-hmm. and finally we get back and go, "Oh yeah, you do work for a knockoff McDonald's, don't you?" Mm-hmm. Okay, and because it, it, it's not just the devil and you know his the person who went back with him, like, uh, Asiel but also the hero that was fighting them in the war before they came here also ended up here and she ends up realizing oh yeah the devil actually isn't that bad a guy he just there's just this whole race of demons there that need other things he was just trying to do good by his people so he's not really a bad guy Mm. that's interesting that is interesting it's it's an interesting show i do suggest it uh and i think it's like tv pg i think it's pg when you get right down to it 
but yeah, yeah that was an interesting show and then uh since we you have talked a little bit about gundam mm-hmm. i'll mention something gundam i watched this week really it was a there's a YouTube channel I watch from time to time called Rerez, and they have a uh, a show that shows up on there called It's Just Bad. Okay, where they are reviewing intention, they're intentionally reviewing really bad games hmm. and going into great detail and mocking said games for how bad they are. Okay, they have done uh, a. a large number of games some of them you would think of as being bad games like sonic r the race the sonic the hedgehog racing game that was on the sega saturn Mm -hmm. which is hot garbage okay i will always admit that one they've done newer stuff like uh ironically also connected to say to sonic through its through his creator balan wonder world which was also hot garbage Mm. i can speak to that personally because that game was hot garbage. Hmm. Uh, but they, the episode I watched today was not just a Gundam game. Hmm. It was an FMV Gundam game. You remember, uh, you, you ever heard of Dragon's Lair? Yeah. You know how that game kind of worked? Kind of. Where um, you pick, the, it would play a video, and at certain times if you hit the button at the right time, the character would do an action that maybe will get them to the next screen, but if they don't, they die. Yeah. Kind of like that. Okay. With Gundam. But here's the thing. Mm. This came out before any other Gundam thing, perhaps, well, except for Doozy Bots, of course. Any other Gundam thing had ever made it to U.S. shores. Huh. It is based, my understanding, on the original Mobile Suit Gundam storyline. Mm. except you're not playing as that main character you're playing as generic human number 23 Mm. and instead of it being you know nice animation like 2d animation that they could have easily used and it would have worked nicely it's live action it's live action they acted this thing out char is wearing a Darth Vader helmet painted white with what looks like someone had taken a, a Cheerios box or some kind of a cereal box thing, cut a mask out of it, and then taped construction paper to it <laughs> for his mask. Uh, the CG, it, now most of the Gundam stuff, the mm. Gundam people things themselves they are 3d cg pre-rendered stuff Mm -hmm. so they look looks okay but uh the game is extremely esoteric in its control schemes even far more than most fmv games and uh yeah they tore that thing to pieces Hmm. another fun thing uh what uh what's the name of the nation that char is the leading the army for Oh, uh, Zeon. Yeah, the Principality. Yeah, Principality of Zeon. Zeon. Yeah. Well, they hadn't quite nailed that English translation of the name of the country yet. Oh, no. In this one, it was the Dukedom 
not, not dukedom. It was uh, what's the other one that dukes usually use? Um, anyway, yeah, the duchy, duchy, the duchy of Jean. 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 How do you get Jean out of Jean? <laughs> I. They saw a word. They thought surely it's not Zion. I guess. Jean? And they went with, oh, maybe it's French, but spelled weird. Jean. And the joke is every time someone said something about the print, the, 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 the duchy of Jean, they had a toilet bowl on screen. <laughs> and this is the great scene where uh, Char gets, you know, that, that guy to essentially do a kamikaze move yeah. on it. And the guy kind of goes kind of a little bit crazy. He, um, as he's going plummeting to his piloting the ship to his death, basically, mm-hmm. he goes for the glory of Jean. And of course, they edit in on top of the ship as it was heading in that same little toilet bowl, <laughs> going right smack into second. Guys, this is crazy. The game, if you do everything right the first time, mm. you could beat in thirty minutes. It is that bad. Wow. That that's short. And it ends on a cliffhanger. They never released a sequel. I can imagine why. I and can't imagine makes, for whatever what, reason. And what makes no sense to anybody is the fact that before that game came out, in Japan, they had released not one, but two Gundam simulator games for the same console that could have easily been adapted. And they didn't. And those games are still Japan only. Unless you get an emulator. You'd have to find someone who made it a patch to make yeah. it into English. Mm-hmm. But still. Anyway. That was fun. This is why I, I like reviews of bad stuff. Gotcha. I say knowing in three weeks I'm going to have to make reviews of bad stuff. Yep. But uh, yeah. It's coming. So yeah, I, I watched that, and uh, I think that's about all I've really done. Okay. So uh, what do we have in the news? The Cellcast News with your host, Jacob Heron. Thank you, Dlit, and let's get into the news. Um, let's see. Get ready for fun and adventure as the underdog becomes the top dog in this hilarious family family friendly film. Uh, Paws of Fury: The Legend of Hank arrives early to purchase and rent on digital on this Tuesday on September. Or yeah, August sixteenth, which is today. today. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, with a host of entertaining bonus features. From Paramount Home Entertainment, this dog will be this dog will have his day on on Blu-ray and DVD on October eighteenth. You know, prior to COVID, a movie coming out this quickly would have made me think this must not have done very well. But now I don't know. I don't think you can use time to make that kind of decision. Yeah, as to how well it did without looking it up. But at the same time, I never heard anybody talk about this film. Yeah, when it came it, out, 
it did decent in the theaters. It didn't uh-huh. do extremely well, but it did decent. But is it any good? Yeah, that's a question. That we I mean, will it have is, to do with some re- review at some point. It is l- extremely loosely based, supposedly on Blazing Saddles. Well, yes, but I it's the fact that it's loose makes me wonder. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. So uh something we kind of talk about every once in a while is uh dragon ball dragon ball dragon ball z gt whatever yeah uh super uh originally scheduled for an october a uh, april release uh dragon ball super superhero premiered in japan on july 11th mm-hmm. uh following delays uh delays due to a fire uh i think it was a fire no it was ra- a random wear attack Oh, yes, it was the ransomware attack. Okay. Yeah, ransomware attack on the studio in March. Uh, and now is rolling out out uh, international through Crunchyroll and Sony Pictures. Uh, Tohei's anim- uh, anim- animated Dragon Ball Super Superheroes arrives in North America theaters on Friday, April 19th through Crunchyroll. In August. Yeah, August. That's what I'm going to say, August. I read I f- it wrong. I figured that's what you meant, just making sure. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we're real late. Yeah, a little late. All right, so uh, there has been news more recently that we are getting a Kung Fu Panda 4. Yes. Soon. So, yeah, very soon, actually. Uh, yeah, Universe Pictures uh, just announced that uh, Dreamworks Animation is getting ready, uh, getting the fight, sh- getting the getting in fighting shape to deliver Kung Fu Panda 4 to theaters on friday march 8th 2024 well, so relatively soon that's relatively still a year out year two years out that's two years out but it's it still gives them plenty year of time to, yeah but it still gives them plenty of time to do you know what they need to do to make a good film yes now i know they're coming out with a suit they're coming out with a series i know that the jack black is re- reprising his role as poe yeah but that they've already made one series so that's not that in big true because legends of awesomeness was on nickelodeon true yeah there, there's there really isn't any news be like who's directing we know that jack black is returning his poe uh which is good which is good agreed i don't think anyone could do that role besides jack black true and there's no other cast uh casting announcement yet but we will definitely stay tuned for that information. Let you guys know. Mm-hmm. And uh, there again, thank you, Heather Morgan, for uh, uh, sending me links to uh, news when it breaks. Thank you so much for that. Uh, so, yeah, that is all I have for in the news. All right. Well, then we need to get into the spoiler free section of our review for Wish Dragon. <sighs> Certified fresh and spoiler free. Well, this was my first viewing of this film. And I actually enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely safe for kids, because I let your kids watch it. Yeah. Uh, of course, if you have any issues, as always, watch it with them or watch it beforehand. Mm-hmm. You know how it best to help your child. Uh, but yeah, I, I enjoyed the movie. Uh, it had a great story. It's There's some aspects... Okay, let's, I'll, let's just get... This is not really much of a spoiler per se, mm. but this has a lot of similarities with Aladdin. Uh, just a little bit. The Disney Aladdin. 
So uh, if you liked Aladdin for the probably you will like this. There are some story differences. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the most part, it kind of fits that's a lot of those same motifs. It does tell its own original story, even though it has similarities. But yeah, I mean, it was a fun movie. I enjoyed it immensely. I I think the only real issue I have is it didn't release in theaters. Agreed. So yeah, it's I one enjoyed those COVID Dragons. Do you know there's a sequel coming out of this movie? I didn't see. I didn't see that. It was on one of the IMDb per, uh, things I looked at. I think for long. Hmm. On the, that actor, I can't think of his name right now. It's in my notes. But why would I look at my notes before I have to read my notes? Right. No, it was on the writer. Oh, okay. Anyway, one of the writers. Ah, oh, the writer and director. I should say. Anyway, what are your thoughts? Uh, like you, like yourself, this was my first viewing of this movie, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, like before I watched the movie, I actually watched the trailer prior prior to just to get a, yeah a hint, like a feel of what's going on. I'm like, this is just the Aladdin knockoff because that's all they're showing is more like the Aladdin, you know, mm-hmm. aesthetic of this film. Yeah, which is based off uh one hundred one Arabian Nights. Thousand and one. Thousand and one Arabian Nights. I'm sorry. Um there were nine hundred and ninety-nine more Arabian Nights that had to save uh Sherizad. Yeah. From getting the axe the next morning. As long as she kept laying that cliffhanger. Yep. I've been trying to go through a thousand and one Arabian Nights. And literally it's like you think you're getting close to the end of the story, and then someone will say, you know, this is a lot like that tale, so so and so and so and so. And the other person will say, I have no idea what that tale is. And the first person will say, well, here, let me tell you about it. And then they tell this tale of so-and-so. It's like, okay. I don't think they finished one tale yet in all the ones I've gone through so far. Huh. I'm like 20 tales deep in terms of, uh, you know, nested tales and other tales. Mm. So are you listening to it audio or? On audiobook. Okay, gotcha. Uh, I don't own a physical copy. Ah, uh, I was this close one point buying that book, but either way, interesting. It is interesting. Uh, I really enjoyed this movie. This movie, it was really there again. It did have the Aladdin aesthetics, but it made its own story, very unique story. Uh, definitely a, a boy and just wanting to reconnect with his best friend, who just happens to be a model now, uh-huh. <laughs> and. I kept thinking, be like, okay, Aladdin, what are you going to do next? But his name's not Aladdin. <laughs> oh, it's Din. It's Din. Or is it Dan? Dan. Uh, Prince Ali, by any other name, would still be a street rat. Uh, true. But I really enjoyed it. It's got a lot of heart. Definitely towards you get towards the um, the third act of the film. It's very well done. Yeah. You get a lot of, like... I didn't expect to get that much backstory on a certain character. Oh, yeah. I was like, whoa, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, we'll talk more about that yeah. in there. Yeah, we didn't, we, didn't get a certain, we didn't get any of that kind of background on, you know, the, us, the, the uh, character from Aladdin that has that it fills that role. We'll say. Yes. I feel like a crane from Ninja Turtles. I'm just saying the name over and over again. Uh, but overall, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. It was a blast to watch and uh, highly recommend this movie. Go watch it. All right. 
So uh, we will get to spoiling this thing right after the bumpers. So join us then. Uh, let's do it. This podcast is a proud member of Culture Box. Whether you enjoy geeky reviews, comedy, or original fiction, you can open up the Culture Box and find something excellent for your soul. Point your web browser to culturebox.media. This week, we suggest the Retro Rewind podcast. Every other week, join the Retro Rewind pod as they travel back 15 years or more along the entertainment space-time continuum in their mission to review movies and games, establishing what is still worth your time today and what isn't. Expect fun banter and trivial insights from Francisco, Paul, the Master Interrupter Powers, and a rotating cast of guest hosts, all of which are out of time. The Cellcast would like to thank the following patrons. Josh Adams, Ashley Ruiz, Book of Gaming. To get your name on the show plus uncut episodes, early access to the Cellcast plus reviews and special art from Jacob, please donate to us on Patreon. I'm working on that. You're always working on that. Not that I have anything wrong with that. (laughs) The following is a spoiler-filled review for the movie Wish Dragon. Listener discretion is advised. Wish Dragon was written and directed by Chris Applehans, who, along with directing the upcoming Wish Dragon 2, is also directing the upcoming movie, and I'm not making this name up, K-Pop Demon Hunters. That just sounds interesting. Yeah. K-Pop Demon Hunters. Yes, Demon Hunters who apparently do K-Pop. Huh. The dialogue for this film was written by, and I'm going to apologize for this, for me messing this name up, Zhao Kao Liu. That's my best guess. If I'm wrong, I apologize. She uh, has not done much, admittedly. Hmm. She did write, edit, direct, and produce a short of hers called Cabbie. She's also been the Eng- uh, the a, a translator for movies going here between here and China. Hmm. Like two or three of them I saw in there. Ah. Uh. And the other way around. Gotcha. Uh, cast includes Jimmy Wong playing Din. And uh, he played Ling in uh, Mulan Ball Z. Mulan Ball Z. I'm sorry, y'all don't know it as that. Y'all know it as the live action version of Mulan. Ah. But let's face it, there's a lot of Dragon Ball in that Mulan. <laughs> I thought you were talking about the really, really bad movie, Dra- uh, Dragon Ball Evolution. <laughs> no, no, no. No, 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 no. Less said about that movie, the better. True. Uh, John Cho was the voice of uh, Zhu Long. Or, no, sorry, not Zhu Long. Long Zhu. Long Zhu. name. And uh, he was uh, Sulu in the Abramsverse Star Trek movies. Yeah. Constance Wu was the voice of Mom. And she played Rachel Chu in Crazy Rich Asians. Hmm. Natasha Liu Bordizo was the voice of Lee Na. And in the upcoming Disney Plus original series, Ahsoka. Hmm. She is playing the character Sabine Wren, who that character originally appeared on Star Star Wars Rebels. I thought I recognized that, that name. Jimmy O. Yang was the voice of Small Goon. 
Oh gosh. <laughs> Who really wanted longer legs. Yes, I, I can he imagine. He was uh henchman one in Minions The Rise of Gru. Oh. Uh Bobby Lee was the voice of Tallgoon. The puppy guy. Yeah. And he was a valet in the movie Paul. Hmm. The uh, movie about the guys who find the escaped alien from Area 51. Oh, yeah, like that. 15 years ago. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Yu was the voice of Pockets, the head goon hmm. in the white jacket. Oh, white yeah. Suit. I never heard them call him Pockets. No. I had to look up who Pockets was. Yeah. Uh, but he was he played the character of Chewy in Friday the 13th, 2009. Really? Yes. Okay. Will Yun Lee played Dad, and he was Agent Park in the movie Rampage. Mm. Nico Santos played Buckley, and he played a character named Mateo in Super in the television show Superstore. Uh, that looks like a uh, big box retailer version of The Office. Yeah. And then uh, Ronnie Ching Ching Chiang. Sorry, uh, played Pipa God, and he played the character of John John in Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Ah, Kingdom Hearts connections. Absolutely, positively, not a one. Womp, womp, womp. I tried, people. I really tried. There was nothing, no direct connection whatsoever. But mm. in the meantime, Jacob, why do we have an info and stuff? All right, so info and stuff. Get over there. All right, so I on IMDb it is a seven point two out of ten. It's available on Netflix. So if you have Netflix, go watch it. Uh, production: Hi, Columbia Pictures, Sony Pictures Animation, Tens, uh, Tencent Pictures, Beijing Sparkle Roll Media Collaboration, Base FX, Flagship Entertainment Group, Base Collaboration, Culture Investment Holdings, and of all companies. Industrial Light and Magic. Okay. Yeah. Weird inclusion right there, but okay. Yeah. Distributed by... Uh, he- yeah. I mean, technically, Industrial Light and Magic is no longer owned by Lucasfilm, but they do still have connections, so... Okay. True. All right, so uh, distributed by Netflix here in the United States and released by Sony Pictures, releasing in Japan, in China. Release date uh, was January fifteenth, two thousand twenty-one, in China, and internationally on June eleventh, two thousand twenty-one. Box office it earned twenty-one point one million dollars. There again, this is during I think the second pandemic. I think. Well, I mean, it was in 2021 during the pandemic. Yeah. During whichever wave of that pandemic it is. I think it was the the, the second ma- major variant. Yeah. Epsilon? Epsilon. Delta? Mm-hmm. I don't remember what the second one was. I know there was, a, there was one with a Latin letter name, but I don't remember what it was. Mm. All right. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so apparently, uh, according to the director, at what you said was the director or writer. Direct. We wrote and directed. Yeah, wrote and directed. Apparently, there's going to be a second one. Apparently, yeah, interesting. See where they go from there. Like, who who other winds up with the the uh, teacup? 
teapot. Teapot. I'm sorry. Teapot. There is a difference between a teacup and a teapot. I know. It's it's not a chihuahua. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Wish Dragon was originally scheduled to be released uh, July 26, 2019, but was uh, but at the Anson International Amer- uh, Animation Film Festival, it was confirmed that it was delayed until 2020. Hey, whenever some someone says it got delayed till 2020, it's like it's going to be delayed again. You just yeah. know it. Uh, October was confirmed by K uh, Cup uh, Kep out of them Cup and, and the Age of Wonder Bees creator uh, Redford Sandifer. I'm butcher that way. My name mm-hmm. apologize. Uh, who served as head of story for this film. That the film would be instead released in 2021. The film was released in China on July tw- on Jul- January 15th, 2021. And yes, apparently there is a sequel. Okay. All right. That's all I have for an info and stuff. Time to get into the summary of this film. Din is a working class college student in Shanghai who dreams of reuniting with his childhood friend Li Na who moved away 10 years ago from the neighborhood when her father, Mr. Wang, and now lives a lavish life. One day, Din is given a teapot by an elderly man from which emerges Long, a wish dragon. Long informs Din he will grant three wishes to his master, i.e. whoever holds the teapot. Din will be Long's 10th and final master and will free Long from his servitude, allowing him to enter the spirit world. Subsequently, Din is chased by a trio of goons led by a man named Pockets, sent by Mr. Wang to discover the teapot in hopes of saving his failing business. Din uses his first wish to fight the goons and escape. The next day, Din and Long arrive at Li Na's birthday party. Din makes a second wish to temporarily appear as a wealthy princeling for one day, hoping Li Na will notice him and rekindle their friendship. Li Na is disappointed when she realizes her father will not be attending her birthday party. Din, sticking to his disguise as Dan, confronts her and they asked, they're asked by Mr. Wang via video call to share a meal together. Long warns Din that Li Na will leave him as soon as she finds out his identity because of their different socioeconomic status. During the date, Din asks Long for advice on how to act accordingly to his new status, but ends up upsetting Li Na in the process. They both end up in Din's neighborhood after the goons pursue Din again. Din reveals himself to Li Na, and they spend the rest of the day in the neighborhood reliving their childhood pastimes. However, Li Na finally retreats, claiming that she has responsibilities and expectations she needs to meet, hurting Dan- Din's feelings. Later that night, Din angrily asks Long to make him rich in a last-ditch effort to be respected. Long reveals to Din that in life he was a wealthy and powerful lord whose reign ended in loneliness and tragedy and was punished by the gods for his selfishness by becoming a wish dragon. Long's servitude as a wish dragon is meant to make him appreciate the meaning of life, something he has failed to accomplish with all his previous masters. After tracking down Din, Pockets betrays Mr. Wang by taking the teapot for himself and asks the wish dragon for his first wish to turn everything he touches to gold. Always genius. Always stupid. He drops Mr. Wang from a large scaffolding, mortally wounding him in front of Li Na. Din chases the goons and eventually ends up fighting Pockets on Long's back. Pockets corners Din and prepares to hit him with his golden hand, but Long puts himself in the way, causing both him and Pockets to turn into gold statues. Din is unable to stop Long's statue from sinking to the bottom of the river, while Pocket shatters to pieces against the ground. Long finds his human self at the entrance to the spirit world. Despite being tempted to go through the gates, he pleads with the guardian of the gate to return 
to Din because he has not used his third wish. The Guardian agrees on one condition. Din uses his last wish to heal Mr. Wang and Long disappears. Sometime later, Mr. Wang starts a restaurant featuring Din's mother's cooking with both Din and Lina helping. Din finds a teapot like the one Long res- resided in and releases him. Long tells Din the sole condition for his return to Earth was to stay and serve ten more masters. After saying goodbye to Long, Din places the teapot on a carriage driven by the elderly man from the beginning, who is actually the guardian of the gate to the spirit world. Trivia for this one. While uh, Long, the Wish Dragon, is voiced by John Cho, he is voiced in the Mandarin version by the film's producer, Jackie Chan. Sony anima- is a Sony Animation's second Netflix-exclusive film after The Mis- Mitchells vs. The Machines. Mm-hmm. Long Zhu is Mandarin for Wish Dragon. Huh. So literally the character's name was Wish Dragon. This is Jackie Chan's second Mandarin Chinese voice acting performance in an animated movie after Kung Fu Panda 3. While Li Shan is voiced by Jackie Chan, who also voices Monkey in both the English and Mandarin Chinese versions of those films. In the Chinese version, his voice in the in the Chinese version, his voice in the English version is Brian Cranston. Really? For the character of uh, Li Shan. Li Shan? Yeah. Chris Applehans. This is Chris Applehans' directorial debut. He was in the art department for Coraline 2009. Nice. The Princess and the Frog 2009. Mm. And he is also known for the Angry Birds movie 2016. Huh. Which brings me to the end of the uh, trivia. Jacob, what are your thoughts on this movie? What's your first like? My first like would be it is it's got the Aladdin vibe, but it's got so many good twists that makes itself its own film. Yeah, it's not like some of those like early 90s when Aladdin came out and studios were just be like, let's just do an Aladdin film and just knock, you know, do a knockoff direct knockoff direct knockoffs. Yeah. But I mean, like you look at like how they structure the film, they make it like culturally relevant to like you know this is a i want to say just more like it's it doesn't really specify what part of asia or asia minor or whatever it's china it's china or wherever shanghai is yeah wherever Shang- is china yeah it's I in think shanghai. it might be a city state that's not technically a part of china right but it's china right but be like they they use very much the 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 culture of they use the culture of china and they they be like it's a very well done movie and they it's not be like yeah they use the elements that that made disney's aladdin aladdin yeah and just kind of make it their own and just they 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 twist the narrative just enough to to make it different and be like you get some really really good you know good story out of that and some really good animation too so yeah I like it that it's a, it's kind of a pseudo homage, pseudo, it takes a lot of vibes from, you know, Aladdin and just makes it its own. It's a really good movie. Correction, I was wrong. Shanghai actually is in China. Oh. Itself. But oh. anyway. All right. What's your first? I'm jumping in on the same train as you and talk and uh, the fact that it's got similarities with Disney's Aladdin. Mm-hmm. But it plays with it uh, a lot differently because, I mean, you've got, you know, your street rat mm-hmm. as in, in the form of Din, a lovable, good natured guy. But unlike Aladdin, he's not a thief. Yeah. He is actually trying to do a good job. Now, 
he did skip school to make to in order to get enough money to buy a suit so he could play act on the roof. I have to wonder about. Yeah. A very cheap suit, considering how fast it tore tore into many pieces. Mm -hmm. Uh, You've got the rules behind the wishes being pretty much the same. Yeah. Can't make anyone fall in love. Can't bring people back from the dead. No, it's time travel. It's the time travel for more wishes. And then they add no time Time travel. travel. That's right. Genie didn't have the no time travel rule. Right. He never used it, but true. This movie, they do kind of kind of um or he thinks that's where they're going because it's that's what he's going to ask and that's not what it was right you've got your sec and of course he his first wish is kind of the accidental wish yeah much like it was in aladdin right in aladdin it was get us out of here while uh in in this movie it was oh man i wish i knew how to fight and he's now a kung fu master for the rest of the film and presumably the rest of his life. Yeah. <laughs> I do want to point out because the 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 accidental wish, the the In, part it, the, yeah. the part where it's more where Din gets uh long to do something besides using a wish is to get out of traffic. Right. But I still call this the accidental wish because he also didn't realize what he was he, he was actually wishing yeah if that makes sense that makes sense it's more and i'm in a situation kind, i wish i had superpowers and that kind of happened in aladdin also but the extraneous wish was to save jasmine mm-hmm. i believe yeah in one scene but anyway because because the accidental wish was not counted against aladdin in aladdin anyway the second one is make me a prince yeah <laughs> and Which the minute the he says oh like, i don't need to be a prince forever i just need to be a prince for 24 hours. hours and i thought you're an idiot kid <laughs> and i don't just mean because you know you have a good point that she won't care and you're just trying to get past the guards in that case you only need to be rich for about 10 minutes mm-hmm. but uh here's a just a wild hair uh you just set yourself up for the classic scene where cinderella loses her has to escape from the ball before she turns back into a chambermaid yeah you're doing the same thing pretty much you except you're gonna you're gonna do it 24 hours later in a restaurant you can't afford Mm -hmm. so yeah uh and then the third wish is you know essentially the freeing wish the the selfless wish selfless aladdin it was he wished for genie's freedom yeah in this movie it was save her dad yeah which i have a little bit of an issue but not much with that because Mm -hmm. it almost already made it look like he was dead Mm -hmm. which technically would go against the rule of not bringing people back yeah but maybe there was just a spark of life still who knows left it's hard to know right and you kind of get the feeling that uh that the dad saw long mm-hmm. at, during his quote-unquote not resurrection right but anyway um it's got a lot of those similarities but it plays with it yeah like you know I'll, it takes until the action-packed thing of aladdin for aladdin to lose his prince ali costume mm-hmm. persona 
here you lose it so, so in, in the prince ali thing you don't really get a chance to see how jasmine reacted before you know crap hit the fan right this one she realizes what's going on it's like oh wait a minute i'm home okay this is all good this is really what i wish for mm-hmm. she actually she, she hated how he had lied to her but was mostly willing to forgive him and then her her responsibilities came back to bite her in the butt mm-hmm. so it was like okay Plus, who wouldn't be scared if you find if you were suddenly faced with an eighty foot tall version of your face? It's like, yeah, I fell over when I saw that too the first time. time. But uh, yeah, it, it's it's got enough of the, and plus we do actually get uh, a backstory for our genie character in yeah. this case, uh, the Wish Dragon. Yeah, long. Which I'll get more into that later. Yeah, but uh, that's one thing I do actually like about this more than I do about Aladdin is your your wish granting per- person actually is a character and not just a force to get the story to move the plot along because as yeah. much as i like robin williams as genie and mm-hmm. think he's funny he's mostly there as a funny plot device true in aladdin i agree being honest here no this is a i'm not saying genie wasn't a legitimate character but right his entire genie's entire uh story is i want to be i want i want my freedom yeah that's literally the entire point of his story here it's like yeah he wants long wants to go to go to heaven or go to go to peace in the afterlife but he has to learn his lesson here Mm -hmm. Janie was under no such rule anyway we'll get more into that later on exactly what's your second like uh speaking of long my second like would actually be long sacrifice is the the fight with pockets apparently we now know apparently his, his name is pockets, pockets. i um, just thought of him as guy who only fights with his feet my my first and there was that one shot with pockets i was like how are you oh someone's holding you up okay yeah <laughs> the the thing that got me with that was to be like okay like why is this character only using his feet because I remember there's uh, there's an animated movie somewhere I can't remember, we we did the review or something like that where it was a uh, a character he had his hand in his pocket the entire time and it was something to do with like how the the actor had a crippled hand so they animated it like that I don't remember me either but, but anyway but either way so my thought was like maybe the actor just stuck his hands and stuck his hands in his pockets well, the entire well, dur- nev- during the recording considering he never uses his hand until the very until end until it's a gold until he's got midas touch yeah always a mistake mm-hmm. uh, he was just not used to fighting with his hand that's why i think he ultimately failed yeah agreed but the point i get to is where like din is in serious trouble and long comes in be like obviously din can't see him yeah. Because he's now under uh, pockets control. Yeah. Which is always funny. Pockets control. Um, he was a pocket protector. He was a pocket protector. Except he wasn't actually protecting pockets. No. But the, the fact would be like when pockets hits long, he becomes the, the, the golden statue. Yeah. And it's just like that's that more of that willingness to sacrifice for a friend because uh, long had, you know, discovered or not discovered but had uh learned a lesson of you yeah. know, like humility and that be like other people do matter and he does he came to care for for um 
Din, yeah. Din to a, to an, such an extent he's willing to sacrifice everything in order to save this kid. And it's it's done so wonderful. Like when Pockets hits him with the Midas touch, and literally just like it's like split second, and then it's just all the gold forms, and it's he's doing this number. Yeah, he's just literally just you know taking the bullet for his best for a friend, and um, it's it's very well done, and definitely how he be like he goes into the afterlife he goes into heaven and he's you know his wishes come true and he's like but be like my job isn't done be like my friend is there and be like he'd be like i've got to help him Mm -hmm. like in the fact that he learns that lesson is very well done but his sacrifice is so well done it's just like it's like oh he did that because he would never done that to anybody else right and it's done very well so that's my that's my second like What's yours? I'm going to jump in on that with a slight rearrange of my likes and say, uh, and talk about Long's backstory. Oh, yeah. Leading into that, because yeah. that was the thing I really wasn't expecting. I like the idea of, you know, Long being not being, you know, the comedic relief that Genie is yeah. throughout that film. But I was not expecting them to actually go deep with the character. I mean, when he's giving the advice to uh, din about how to act like a rich person yeah which is not good it's not it wasn't good advice but honestly when as you start learn as, as you're going through you realize all these things that are obviously the opposite of what he should be doing when you get to that backstory you realize oh that's why you thought that way and it's interesting is that redemption really starts when he realizes that didn't work yeah and what din was going to do you know, and what didn't ends up doing once they end up back in their town mm-hmm. was the right thing to do. Right. And it's like, and he finally starts rethinking about maybe his whole approach. Cause I mean, it didn't work for his 17 wives. Why would it work for Din? Yeah. <laughs> True. And then they go into this whole, you know, Din's just finally giving us his fine, make me rich. You say that's what's all it's you've been saying ever since uh, I got, I, I, I got your pot. That's wish I ought to be making. Fine, go ahead. I've got nothing else to lose for. And Long at this point is saying, are you sure? It's like, yes, yes, I am sure. He says, okay, I'll grant your wish, but first I need to show you something. Yeah. And he goes through the whole backstory in a very beautiful yeah. couple of scenes where, you know, you see he married all, he he, he got very rich as, a, as an emperor. Mm-hmm. He married off his daughters for political gain his one and only son that should have been his heir died in battle. Mm-hmm. They don't say he died in battle. They say he returned a hero. Yeah. But you see, yeah, he's dead. Mm-hmm. And uh, as he grew older, he realized he was alone, but thought surely when I get to the afterlife, there'll be parades and uh, in my honor and all this other stuff. And I'll be welcomed home as a successful man. And at the very beginning of the, you see this, happened in the in this part of the film but oh, yeah. you also see it at the very beginning even though you don't know that's what's happening yeah and he gets turned into the wish dragon because he was a horrible human being mm-hmm. and had to learn what the point of being human was mm-hmm. and you can definitely see when he makes that sacrifice yeah he has learned the lesson and let me just say that about that sacrifice because that is a cool moment oh when yeah pockets makes the punch Obviously, it goes to black for a short second and comes back and you're seeing uh, Pockets looking very confused. 
about what happened and you slow and and of course this whole time we're seeing this from den's point of view so we can't see dragon mm-hmm. or we can't see long and we see the gold us uh, take his form without act in some ways it softens that blow yeah that long is dying but at the same time i think that was far more beautiful than if we were seeing long in dragon form oh yeah turning to gold it was yeah. actually a beautiful way they showed that dragon kind of form out of nothingness in this gold mm-hmm. look i thought okay that is very well done three to it and they're falling Will they survive? Find out next week. No, uh, on the next episode of Dragon Ball Z, and how pockets are like when the, when he falls, hits he hits well, the uh, I, I hits still, the bridge. I'm still not entirely sure why Long turned to gold. Did he touch himself accidentally? Yeah, he accidentally touched himself. Okay, I was I, I couldn't quite remember. I, I, I think he went to he he did this right like as he was right, falling, right. and then the, that's what caused it. That's why you don't do the Midas touch, folks. And you when you witch. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he touches himself, he turns to gold, and he hits the bridge and shatters into a thousand pieces. Oh, we don't have to worry about him anymore. Mm-hmm. But Long falls deep into the ocean, and Din, bless his heart, thinks he can grab <laughs> a gold stat, solid gold statue three times his size and drag it to shore. And he can't. Yeah, and, and he has to watch this the gold statue of Long sink into the river Mm -hmm. and it's like oh man that had to be hard Mm -hmm. to do and then the last second he comes back it's like okay we still get the happy ending without it being a fully happy ending i'm fine with this yeah because you know they're not rich at the end of this no it's not like aladdin where yeah aladdin's not a prince but she can marry whoever she wants to so screw the rule yeah that's essentially a happy ending because Aladdin is essentially while he's not rich, he can smooch off the uh, mooch off the princess for a bit until they're married. Sounds like another uh, character from Tangled. Yes, <laughs> but Eugene. <laughs> but in this, they, not, none of them have were able. To, you know, they, had, they none of them had the gold. There, he, he was at the, the the dad was bankrupt. Mm-hmm. The uh, you know she didn't have really any money off of her deals from what we could see not that yeah. it stay long yeah and obviously none of her connections were going to stay which also doesn't make much sense to me because she was even even if she no longer had the rich parent connection mm-hmm. she still should have had some connections because she very easily could have been continued being a model oh yeah i think yeah but that's not what happened right for whatever reason right um and so the only reason they're making any money at the end is because they decided to invest in mama's dumplings because mm-hmm. they were the best thing he had ever tasted. And I, part of me is annoyed by that. It's not in my dislikes. So I'm bringing it up here. Mm. Perhaps the reason it tasted good was not because of her cooking necessarily, even though I bet her cooking was very good. Maybe it's because it was the first meal you had, you got to eat with your daughter without the stress of people breathing down your neck. That could be. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe the stress life you, you do trying to get, make sure your daughter grew up uh, in total comfort, but never spent any time with her. Maybe that was the issue. Yeah. That's not what they go with. They know they kind of do, but they kind of don't. Yeah. Oh, we'll just invest in mama's restaurant. Yeah. 
You'll make her make, and we'll get all our money through her. Uh, anyway, sorry, that's a slight <laughs> annoyance. It's not in my dislikes, right? That's why Brandon bringing it up here. But yeah, that's my second like is Long's story. And yeah, he has to go back to being a uh, wish dragon mm-hmm. again after this. And his teapot. And it's a China, uh, a China glazed teapot, not mm-hmm. a jade teapot. This yeah, time. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, it's only a, for the more modern look. Yeah, modern, modern times. Modern times, maybe more, maybe showing more white. He's more pure. Not as he's not maybe. as jaded. <laughs> that, that's an interesting thought there, but the jade would still be more more expensive. Uh, that is thing true. Than those than the than the uh, the porcelain, the porcelain china. But anyway, yeah. Uh, my third like on this film is definitely the the relationship dynamic between uh, Din and Lee. Mm-hmm. It's it's one of those it's one of those it's not where it's like oh they're instantly in love when they first see each other and it's we get the the backstory of those two it's it's you know two kids that didn't have a parent in their life or didn't have yeah. parents in their lives and they kind of clung to that and they kind of grew as you know a um like just two friends there's two friends uh growing up and she has to leave because her dad is like just wanting to push forward with life and want to make her life easier and make yeah. his life easier he's trying to do good by his daughter yeah but the road to hell is paved with good intentions so true uh so i i do like the idea that he's din's whole wish his his big wish is just to uh reconnect with his friend yeah it's not to be like i i, I want to marry the i don't think marriage was even in his mind no it wasn't time. he just wanted his friend back yeah that's what that's what i mean and it's not till you get to the date where i think he finally realizes hey she's kind of cute i might be in love maybe and then he kind of forgets that for a good portion of the film because right. until they get up to the uh the rooftop and then it's like, oh yeah, I'm in love. I think I might be in love with her, and I'm totally gonna butcher this. Yeah, pretty much because of her responsibilities. Yeah, I I I do love the the natural chemistry of these two. Like when they finally, when she finally realizes, like, oh, this is like be like this feels like old times. Be like, we're just having fun, we're yeah. playing, and we're just being being ourselves when we were kids. Because mm-hmm. I, I love that when you like as an adult be like you run to somebody you knew as a child and it's like oh my gosh you kind of get you get that that flashback to being children again yeah. you kind of start acting like children again mm-hmm. but it's that that camaraderie of be like we're kind of reliving our childhood when uh din's uh real persona is revealed and it's just like oh i'd, I'd be like i don't care about you know being rich I'd be like i just i'd be like i care more about you not lying to me yeah and the that how that relationship naturally develops and it's it's not this be like oh wow she's pretty and she's rich mm-hmm. it's like uh no we're friends yeah we're just friends at this point the fact that she's rich is actually the biggest hindrance here oh yeah i, I take I, i'll take a i'll take i'll take a take a, a pot shot at uh the uh, the the uh, the swan princess yeah because his whole thing be like be like oh she's pretty what else is there <laughs> Because it, it was like it's always this trope to be like it's the idea to be like oh they fall in love at first sight right and uh they're they're madly in love with each other they don't do anything to to keep this love together mm-hmm. and it's just two people who have uh, a connection with their kids 
and they just they kind of reconnect as friends and by the end of the movie it's apparent that they've kind of fallen for each other yeah and they're 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 kind of going that direction and so i hope in two they've kind of it's not instantly oh they're already married let's let's you know kind of go i am hoping that in two it's following different characters for the most part that is true those two and we are mostly dealing with whoever uh long is now to long's new master yeah that's what i hope i agree maybe maybe they'll like touch on like what are these characters doing now but uh i do like that because kind of do a twilight zone thing where each movie is a really a different story yeah where the connection is very very loose yeah but overall I, i i like these two characters as a as a couple because they're primarily just friends for the most of the film Mm -hmm. and they're just they kind of they connect with their childhood connection and then it just grows from there and i think it's how relationships should go it's not instantly oh i'm just in love with you oh we need to get married in six we need to get married in five months right and it's just you know just learning to grow like uh i had a uh, a former manager he was like me like it's like yeah be like by, by the time be all the time be like you and your girlfriend have been dating for five months be like me and my you know former my now wife i've already married two months i'm like it's called slow your roll <laughs> but uh it's everyone's I think, journey is different exactly exactly that's what i told him he completely agreed with me and uh yeah it's it's about i think it's about relationships mm-hmm. it's just be like you learn to be like they're your friend they're your yeah. friend you're their confidant and those kind of things and i think it's it's very well done it's it, it takes it out of the box yeah and when it comes to relationship between a guy and a girl and i like that that's my third all right uh my yeah my third third I really like how they handled who Pockets was working for and that twist. Oh, yeah, that was nice. Because when they showed the shadowy version of him at the uh, mm-hmm. of, of their boss yeah. at the beginning, I thought, okay, so it's a shadowy businessman. whoop de do. This is kind of a normal thing. Mm-hmm. And then the next, and then you see Lena's dad, and it didn't, it didn't click exactly. at first mm-hmm. because while he had the same silhouette, I didn't see the silhouette, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there going, okay. And then you get into, I think it was like the a, dinner scene. Yeah. And finally it clicked in my head. Wait a minute. What if mm-hmm. Lena's dad is actually the one that's pockets and the goons are working for. Uh huh. That would be kind of a cool twist. Five seconds later. I was right. <laughs> I, I was on the exact same track because I was I was watching it like you watch the silhouette and you yeah. hear the voice and you hear and it him. It doesn't connect. It doesn't connect it doesn't at first. Doesn't connect at first. And it wasn't until like uh, I think I think it's when he's talking at the restaurant to yeah. dad on the video phone again. Because I think that's they, that happens. Yeah, it been, does. I watched the movie yesterday, but it's already slipping a little in my mind. Right. But I watched that and went. Huh, I wonder if there's a connect. Oh, oh, there's your connection. I see how this has all become one big tangled web. Mm. Okay. <laughs> and then I thought, well, then why would he be wanting the. Oh, he 
has made a couple of bad business moves. Mm-hmm. And he's going he wants to use the 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 wish dragon to make him rich. Right. That won't destroy the economy in Shanghai. No. Anyway. Yeah, that's my third like was how that twist came about. I was like, okay. I like how y'all handled that. Yeah. That was a good twist and y'all and y'all executed it very well. It, it actually I didn't catch it immediately like mm-hmm. I usually do. Right. So yeah, that was my third like. Uh we need to get into dislikes. What's your first dislike? My first dislike is <laughs> Din's obsession that he has to um uh, cuz I mean like he's like he's he's doing his mother a disservice or he's or to kind of quote the uh the unreleased song for Aladdin be like you know uh proud of your boy yeah uh not making your mother proud yeah <laughs> you know, like he's telling he's telling his mother oh I'm going to college and he's uh not. he's not he's he's side hustling and trying to make enough money for he can you know try to reconnect with his friend with his his mm-hmm. long lost friend and I'm like, dude, you're obsessed. You <laughs> like, I, 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 dude, I completely understand wanting to reconnect with someone that you haven't had connection with with years. I totally yeah. get that. There, there's a pain there for me. I totally feel that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's just like, dude, what are you doing? Be like, you're a very intelligent kid, and you're just trying to get all this money for you can see your friend again? Pretty much. It's like, okay. It's cool, but at the same time, it's a little obsessive. Yeah. Just a little. Here's a wild idea. Facebooker. Y'all can make a connection. True. I bet you she's got Facebook, and I bet you do too. Or some other uh, social media equivalent. Yeah. Try that. That'll get past the rich people defenses. Right. But that's not how our story went. I know. And it was just more, it was like, I was like, dude, you're obsessed. You need help. Yeah, you need help. You need intervention. You're you're just about like one obsession, obsessive compulsive moment away from stalking her. Yeah. It's like, dude, you're spending a night. You bought a suit to go look at a billboard. Yes. Just to get the courage to need help. help. (laughs) But it ends up well for our our dude. But it's just like, yeah, dude, you're a little obsessed. Just a little. Mm -hmm. Just a little. That is my first like, dislike. My first dislike is a little bit of a strange little nitpick. Mm. Granted, I recognize that even for U.S. full U.S. productions, there's probably more than just the one uh, production company title. Yeah, should probably go up there, and a lot of times they don't do that because of the way the stuff works. Mm-hmm. But there are way too many uh, production company slides at the beginning of this film. Because first you get Netflix, mm-hmm. their thing. Then you get Sony. Then Sony Pictures Animation. Then the first Chinese company whose name I don't remember. <laughs> Tencent Pictures. And then the third one whose name I don't remember. That's six. And then you get to the actual, you know, opening credits of it and you get 
Sony Pictures presents a production of a film. It's like, how many production companies do you need to go here? You only really need three total in these spots. Yeah. This is crazy, people. Indeed. You don't need... I get that a lot of these are Chinese companies. They want full representation. But y'all, you don't need... half. I don't know what half of y'all did to get on here. It's bad enough when you get stuff like uh, we get over here, like when you see Rat Pack, like mm-hmm. on a lot of the DC stuff. Yeah. And you're going, who's Rat Pack? What mm-hmm. did they have to do with this? They're not the animation company. They're just people who funneled money, which is all you people are. If all you did was funnel money into this and you're not handling distribution or production of the film, you shouldn't get a title card at the front of the film. I'm sorry, this has been Drew's personal rant about the stupidity of money in the filmmaking industry. <laughs> oh, I only, It's bad enough we have to have any uh, title card, uh, uh, production company titles at the beginnings and ends of these, at the beginnings of these films. Yeah. Honestly, I, it's one of the things where, while I appreciate seeing them, and especially when they do something creative with them, right? I'm appreciative of it. But one is bad enough. It's bad enough to go into see uh, a Marvel film and you see the Marvel Studios minute long logo. Mm-hmm. Granted, in many ways, that's the theme song for Marvel Studio for the Marvel movies at this point. Yes. So I kind of live with it for the most part. It's that's why I'm fine with it in front of the TV shows also. But that's just one. You had six. I don't need... At that point, you're getting excessive. Especially since, as a stupid American, watching this in America, and you put Chinese characters on your production title card for something you know is going to be seen in America? Mm. We know you're Chinese. We don't need to see the Chinese characters. I know that sounds racist. That's not my intention. I'm saying tailor your stuff to your audience. That's all I'm asking. And besides, you don't need those title cards anyway. Because we don't know who you are. In fact, I saw the word Tencent uh, pictures on there. Mm. I got angry. Because mm. Tencent is oh, is buying up video game companies. And, they're, and it's starting to cause an issue with the video game side of things. Because uh, especially since they own part of Epic Games, which is what makes the a lot of the... Uh, the uh the unreal engine that mm-hmm. a lot of video games use yeah and it's getting money from that and i'm going that's an american company that's having to funnel stuff to china we funnel too much to china as it is i'm sorry china you may you may ban our podcast after this episode <laughs> because of my political views but i don't care about you i don't care that i don't want, want to know my money is going to you i want you to be something i have to put up with when I happen to turn my iPhone over and see made in China, which I can't see on the other side of the solder box. <laughs> Bad enough. It was designed in California. <laughs> I know that sounds dumb and I know that sounds stupid, but quite frankly, even if this was all done by European companies, because there's a bunch of European stuff that's got the same problem yeah, where they put four or five different production company names before the movie starts. Yeah. I'm sorry. Maybe I am spoiled by most American movie productions in which at most you have three production company titles yeah. at the beginning. 
But honestly, over three is too much. In my opinion. Fair. Fair. So yeah, this is a small minor thing. It's an annoyance on my part. You may disagree with me. You may not care. But you don't need more than three at most. And honestly, if all you did was funnel money into the production of this and you're maybe making a little bit a little bit on the back end, I don't really need to know who you are. Your advertising means nothing to me. So yeah, that's my first dislike. Okay. This has been Drew's rant about the stupidity of film making economics in the time prior to COVID when we still had to make sure it's sold in China. <laughs> I think there's still some of that going on, but it's not as bad as it used to be. Agreed. Since COVID. That's one thing about COVID. We don't see them. We don't we don't see many Chinese names in front of stuff. That sounds bad. I know. But anyway, mm. I'm getting off topic here and sticking my foot farther <laughs> down my mouth. Uh, my second dislike kind of weighs into weighs into your pool a little bit and waves into your little your pool. It's, it's more, it's there again. It's a nitpick. It's, it's more of the, how many title cards are we going to use here? It's like, I count it. It's eight. It's eight. I only counted six. It's eight. Cause I counted the three I knew about, which was the Netflix, Sony and Sony pictures animation, which actually I'm kind of surprised they didn't also throw in Columbia TriStar for the heck of it. Right. But yeah, Columbia pictures, like I said before, uh -huh. Sony pictures, animation, Tencent pictures, Beijing, Spar uh, sparkle roll media conglomerate base FX flagship entertainment group, Base collaborative, collaborative, cultural investment holdings, and industrial light magic. That makes eight. Except, except, uh, two of those did not actually have the title cards at the beginning of the film. True. That is so true. Because I did not see industrial industrial light magic did not even have the title card on the front of Rango, the only film they did by themselves. Really? And I take it back. They also did uh, Strange Magic, which is also a movie we haven't done yet. Yeah, but. Anyway, anyways, like yeah, there was a lot of title cards. There again, I'm not going to get into the political thing on this. Yeah, we're not meant. We're not trying to be political. I have, like I said, I have the same problem with. Because here, here's the thing: most of the bad movies that I've seen, yeah, have eight production companies involved. Yeah, because they need so it. So I see that and I go, oh, "This is going to be trouble." This is like the, it's the same thing that crosses my mind when I see there's more than two directors, or more than two writers. I go, oh, no, this is going to be done by committee. <laughs> this will not be good because most of the time it's not. Yeah, I think overall be like seeing all the title cards be like, it's like, OK, yeah, that's way. I mean, like, I understand if you are a small production, and you need different, you know, maybe but different backings. So many pictures animation. I know. I can maybe see Jackie Chan's company, which I know is one of those. I don't yeah. know which one. I know it wasn't Tencent. Yeah. But I think I can see maybe that since he was a producer on this movie. Yeah. But, and so, yeah, I can see, okay, you worked with them. Fine. You probably helped with that. Right. But anyway. Yeah. I just, I mean, like, yeah, I just, I just find it a, I find it a little annoying. I understand companies need backing for mm -hmm. their projects. Uh, I do find it a little odd that you have a lot of companies that are foreign that are coming in, putting money into this project, but Hey, that's the way you want to do it. That's yeah. fine. I, but I, I, I find with... it. I just find it a little annoying. That's it. 
I guess I shouldn't find it too weird that there's Chinese characters on the screen on the title card for a movie that takes place in China. Right. I kind of should accept that, but it was one of those things where I've seen so many of these things pop up when obviously some of these, like, like when Paramount was really hard up for money, when they were making Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, the Secret of the Ooze. No, not Secret of the Ooze. Was that, was that the second Bay Turtles? No, that's Out of the Shadows. Out of the Shadows. That one had some on there. I was like, oh, you people, Paramount really is hurting for money. Because that's the only reason you'd have accepted this for Turtles. For a Nickelodeon movie. Yeah. Paramount was hurting for money. So they had to go to China to get some money. I'm like, oh, no, don't do that. <laughs> I'll pay you extra money if you, so you not to have to go to China to pick up the bill. And I, there's a part of that bad taste in my mouth when I've seen that. And granted, it's probably not right, but no offense. I don't trust China. I just don't. Fair. Fair. But anyway. Yeah. So that's my second dislike. That's, by the way, that's the company, not the, the, the country, not the people. Exactly. I don't know the people well enough are to just, know whether are, I can trust them or are, not. Are more pointing towards the government. Yes. I I believe the people should be. I, I'm not. I, I'm against the government, not the people. I'm fine with. I don't like the People's Republic of China, but I like the people of China. If that makes any sense. It does make sense. Anyway. Anyways, you know, getting into a, like a political... Will, we, we will now be shut off from... Oh, wait, we did Winnie the Pooh. We're probably already blocked. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Uh, okay, my second dislike... Uh, yeah, you already gave your second. Yes. My second dislike, why is the dragon furry? <laughs> <laughs> I this, like that. The texture is cool. I don't understand it. Dragons are scaly. They're supposed to be scaly. Right. Because they're lizards. This was a mammalian dragon. He had fur. I've had this weird issue with furry dragons since I first saw uh, Falcor in A NeverEnding Story. But I accept that one a little bit better because he looked like he was half dog. Right. This is like, no, he's a full dragon and he's furry. I'm like, why are you furry? What purpose does the fur serve? You're supposed to be cold-blooded. Mm-hmm. You can't have fur and be cold-blooded. <laughs> Last I checked. Mm-hmm. That's not how that works. That's not how any of this works. Why are you furry? I don't understand the furry dragon. Granted, it looked good. For what it was. It looked good. It made him look cute and cuddly. I can maybe accept it for those reasons. But still, it's like, you're a dragon. You're supposed to be scaly. Mm-hmm. Even Chinese dragons are traditionally scaly. Yeah, it's a nitpick. I will grant that, but I don't understand it. That's my second dislike. I got you. What's your third? Oh, oh my gosh! I I'd be like, I've been pondering what my third like has been ever since I I, I wrote down one dislike. I wrote down one dislike. And I kind of played off yours because, like, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. My third dislike. Oh gosh, what was it? What was it? What was it? Oh yeah, <laughs> pockets. <laughs> I wonder if we have the same problem. Well, my my main His problem pockets is in my third dislike. Oh, okay, too. all right. Let me explain my my dislike. Now, what's your po- problem with pockets? My, what is wrong? My wrong. My other other than women's clothing, Miss for some reason doesn't have pockets. That yeah, that is. And, and so it has nothing yes. to do with anything. No, but, <laughs> but my my dislike of pockets is it's like okay, it's interesting that he 
puts his hands in his pockets the entire time because I'm thinking in my mind, it's like, okay, because maybe it's something to do with the act, the voice actor. Maybe he held his hand in his pockets yeah. the entire time. Maybe it's, it's like, just a funny thing maybe it's just a funny thing that they're doing yeah so he can be like this cool kickboxer fighter thing yeah but mm. yeah just the pure kicker but at the same time be like it's okay it's a cool concept it gets a little absurd through most of it <laughs> yeah it's like it's cool and everything i'm just like be like the the old there again the only time you see his fist is when he gets the um the midas touch the midas touch and all i think is tires at this point but um but when he gets the mighty touch, he oh. uses his hands. Huh? Tigers? Tires. Tires. Oh, the tires. M- Midas touch. Tires. Okay. Okay. Get the Midas touch. I was, no, I was like, I thought you said tigers. And I was thinking, <laughs> Rawr. Tigers and Midas. <laughs> There's no tigers in the story of King Midas. <laughs> What's going on here? Tires. Tires. That makes more sense. Tires. See, and that would have confused me too because we grew up. I used we used armor all. Anyway, anyways, it's I mean, like to the point where it's they are in the uh, the uh, the uh, what do you call them the uh, the ceremonial dragons the paper dragons yes like for the, to the point where he's just <laughs> the entire time I'm like oh he's being held up by his little minion it's like yeah. okay that's funny but it's getting absurd here but then it gets worse in that scene. Because now they're both fighting with their feet through yeah. the mouths oh, of the yeah, dragons. That was just like, what? And it's like, what are they doing? <laughs> and the, the the camera keeps shifting to the people in the audience. At one point, the child blocks the mother's view. Oh, that was hilarious. That was fun. It's like, yeah, but the the child has seen words on the internet. <laughs> and the just just to kind of like point out the, the funny part of that scene is where it, it's not Din who be like he's just kicking doesn't know what to do it's it's lee or how you pronounce her name lena lena, lena it's lena but lena. i remember i say i think oh lena yeah lena that was a character on star trek deep space nine lena anyway. yeah lena uh be like just takes the, the soup and just vomits all over him and then throws the pan. yeah <laughs> oh i died it was great that was funny that was so funny but yeah it's it's pockets and his be like he i mean like i, I would have liked it if he, he would have saw maybe like he had maybe like crippled hands or something like that and his hands healed now he's got the mice touch or something like that you know what i think it was i think they only had uh time to make one model of pockets and it was the version with the golden hand so they couldn't show that for most of the movie maybe that's what i think it is because i've also never heard of the story of King Midas where his hand was already gold. Mm. But anyway. Right. Oh, the story in um, uh, Roman history where uh, uh, it was a Roman emperor who um, had got himself captured mm-hmm. and then got the, the uh, oh, who was it? The, um, the Sat, not the Saxons, but the, uh, some uh, like a Germanic tribe literally poured down, throat down his gullet yeah <laughs> i was like there's minus touch for you <laughs> anyway anyways so yeah that's that's my third kind of nitpick it's like why is he only kicking because <laughs> that's just what Ed, that's that's, the, that's his the character funny thing that's the funny thing they thought for this character yeah he's a kicker he's a kicker anyway my third dislike yeah pockets has obviously heard of the midas touch 
but apparently didn't finish the story to find out why you shouldn't want the Midas touch. He take the problem with the Midas touch, as you know, from the story is that anything that is not made of gold, you can't touch. Yeah. And it's worse in the actual story because even the food he does eat when he's gone through mm-hmm. every other precaution to not touch the food, it turns to gold in his mouth. Mm-hmm. So he can't even eat. Yeah. This guy's going to have the same problem. Yeah. And he doesn't realize it yet. Well, it'd be like it's, it's only one hand. It's not in two. The, okay. Yeah. In this case, it is only one hand that he mm-hmm. has to touch. Everything else is fine. But let's face it. It's his right hand. Yeah. Do you realize that most of the world is right-handed? Yeah. Which means he was probably right-handed also. Yeah. Which means anything he picks up without thinking about it is probably going to be in his right hand. Uh-huh. And it's going to instantly turn to gold. Yeah. Anyone who he ever cares to touch is going to become going to turn into gold. gold. We see that because when he punches Long, when Long sacrifices himself, mm-hmm. Long turns into gold. When he accidentally touches himself, which let's face it, boy's going to have to go use the restroom sometime. <laughs> mm, yeah. So he's, he was going to run into this problem eventually, <laughs> no matter what he did. Right. Here's the thing, folks. If you are ever given a chance to be granted a wish, there are a thousand things you can wish for that will, that will be good for you. There are a thousand things that you can wish for that you would be bad that will be bad for you. And there will be a thousand things that you may think are good, but will be bad and vice versa. Mm-hmm. But there is one thing you should never, ever, under any circumstances, wish for. And that is the Midas touch. Because it's bad news no matter what you do. Because it will always come back to bite you in the butt. Okay, so I do have to say this. Because uh Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. I don't think he could have worn a glove to protect. No, because the glove would have become gold. Because the glove would have turned to gold. And then he wouldn't have been able to lift his hand, so he'd have to take the glove off, assuming he could get the glove off. Yeah. The Midas touch is a bad wish. Yeah. He should have known that before he said, oh, I already know what my first wish is going to be. It's like. Greed gets you nowhere. It's like, dude. Do, be, do the smart thing wish for piles of gold or wish for your bank account money to skyrocket and no one to think it's wrong do not ask for everything you touch to turn to gold if nothing else best case scenario that's actually slow moving to get get money into your world into your world mm-hmm. you're not even making yourself rich that fast mm-hmm. because here's the other thing everything you turn to gold do you know what that does it affects the price of gold, gold. Mm-hmm. and it don't go up. Mm-hmm. The more gold that comes that, that gets into the world, the price, the rarity of that gold goes down. Mm-hmm. Thus, the price of the gold goes down, mm-hmm. and then everything, and then all of a sudden, gold is no longer what people, what the economy is even remotely based on. Yeah, because gold is worthless. Mm-hmm. Don't ask for the Midas touch, people. It's not the smart move. I will also be like, he does have the touch. He does have the power. <laughs> or you got the power. I don't have the power. Yeah, because who wants the Midas touch? <laughs> Unless it's with tires. I was about to go into David Bowie, but let's not. 
Because I was thinking, you, you've got the power. I'm thinking, the power of the babe. Dance, magic, dance. We haven't gotten oh, to that movie yet. Oh, gosh, that movie. We have not got to that movie <laughs> no, yet. Oh, my gosh. Yes. It's coming. It's coming. Folks, it's coming. It's ne- coming. I'm probably going to put it on the list in February. But it's coming. Oh, gosh. Yes. It's a Muppet movie, and we have to do it. Yeah. It's Jim, it's a Jim Henson. Jim Henson. It's not fully a Muppet movie. But no. Anyway. Yeah. So that's your third. That's my third. Excellent. That, does that bring us to the end of this episode? Yes, it does. Or this this movie. Uh, we need to rate this thing. Yeah. I'm giving it a seven. You're giving it a seven. Okay. Yes, it's a well done movie. Don't get yeah. me wrong. I've got a bunch of nitpicks. I will say for the most part, though, this movie is not my bag. Okay. As well, as well done as it is, this is not a movie I'm going to come back to anytime soon. I will probably see the sequel, especially mm-hmm. if we are re- reviewing it. Yes. But as it is right now, this is not one that I'm immediately going to jump back to. So Okay. Seven. I'm going to give it eight. I really enjoyed this film. It's like, yeah, there's some nitpicks here and there, but I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Um, if I get a chance, maybe on a night where I'm not doing anything, I might pop it on. Maybe see some things I didn't see before. Perhaps. And yeah, I definitely want to see the sequel. If if it comes out and if it does come out. I'm more interested in K-pop demon hunters. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm more interested in seeing what that is. But anyway, yeah, that brings us to the end of our review next week. We are jumping back actually into the world of Marvel. Mm-hmm. Hopefully for a better movie this time uh, than the last Marvel yes, movie we watched. Yes. But we will be looking at Ultimate Avengers, the, the movie. movie. So join us next week for that. In the meantime, though, we need to jump into our sp- I guess it's spoiler filled. But we need to jump into our review of Rapunzel's Tangled Adventure. In TAS. Indeed. <laughs> And the masters of the universe! Thundercats are on the move. Thundercats are loose. That tells woo. First episode we're reviewing tonight, Beginnings, directed by Shane Zalvin and written by Leanna Dindle. Summary for this episode, as Rapunzel struggles with Cassandra's betrayal, the princess recounts the story of how she and Cassandra first became friends. Cast for this episode includes Clancy Brown as King Frederick, Julie Bowen as Queen Ariana, Gina Torres as Queen of Ingvar, Jennifer Veal as Enchanted Girl, Suzanne Blakesley as Old Lady Crowley, Peter McNoll as Nigel, D. Bradley Breaker, 
Anisha Brewster, Ashley Frost, and Mary Elizabeth McGlynn as additional voices. Trivia for this episode. Most of this episode takes place in a flashback of the six months before Tangled Before Ever After. Mm -hmm. It is shown during the flashback of the episode in her youth, Queen Ariana and her younger sister Willow had won the contest of the crowns together when they were princesses. So yeah, that is our trivia for this week. What are your thoughts on this episode? I really enjoyed the fact to be like they do a flashback. Yeah, and because we at this point we had not gotten uh, seen how they became friends. No, like yeah, we we got a flashback in like one of the previous episodes where it was uh, we get to see young Eugene. Yes, <clears throat> but um, our young Flynn Rider, let's say that. Well, and we had seen in another flashback young Cassandra getting. Uh, left by Mother yeah. Gothel oh, at, at, at the house. Yes, but uh, I I really really enjoyed this episode because you do get this um, the 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 very rough start of this of this friendship between Cassandra and Rapunzel because mm-hmm. Rapunzel is just more be like oh I I like I like I, I want to be best friends with you and this guy's because that's her the the one the one line that kind of got me is like i've never seen so many princesses in one place but like you've been locked in a tower for 18 years girl you've how never many princesses have you met you've never even seen a princess two weeks ago you didn't even know you were a princess, princess. <laughs> or however long it was yeah six weeks or whatever yeah but it's just like be like the episode is good do not get me wrong like you just be like you have that one little line it's just like be like you've never met a princess outside of Corona before. Yeah. You're like you only realize you were a princess only like six months ago. <laughs> yeah. But overall, it's a good story. It's a good kind of that Rapunzel still does miss Cassandra, even though the, the opening of that episode is very well done. Cause it's, it's uh they revisit where the carriage crashed and it's Cassandra kind of feeling remorseful for what she's done. Yeah, but like she's betrayed her friends, but then and you know the enchanted girl, enchanted had girl, to poison everything again. Yeah, I'm sorry, it's all I know her as, even though I have my suspicions. Yes, and possibly a small spoiler from trivia, but we don't go there. Yeah, let's not go into there. But I overall, I really, really enjoyed this episode, and it, it kind of, it kind of, it grind, ground, not grind, uh, kind of sets you and sets you up in that place where it's be like you realize how deep that connection with those two those two yeah. characters have the fact that cassandra turns down the offer to go to this other kingdom to where in her eyes and her perspective that she can feel like she's you know worth something other than being a uh a, a, a lady a lady waiting yeah and it's i mean like it's a very well done episode i have opinions about the next episode <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute yeah but uh yeah what what I like about this is if this episode had aired or had, had been told in seasons one and two, mm-hmm. the that ending would be entirely different in its feel. Yeah. Of them of her, you know, giving up being a soldier for Ingvar. Yeah, Ingvar. And uh yeah, and, and staying with Rapunzel. That would have hit differently. Yeah. Because they were so good friends. Yes, there was some growing tension near the end of season two, mm-hmm. but they were still good friends. 
they were still die for each other, essentially. Yeah. But here, it's almost a bittersweet ending because, yeah, you're rooting for them to finally come together and be the, the good friends that we know they are to be, except mm-hmm. you know that that's going, you know how that's eventually going to go because yeah. this is take, the story is being told in a flashback after Cassandra has already betrayed yeah. Rapunzel. Mm-hmm. Now, the interesting thing I thought of, I, I, I thought about the lore is they actually talked about the fact that in some ways Rapunzel is still holding some of the Moonstone's power. Yeah. And Cassandra didn't get it, even though Cassandra, uh, Rapunzel almost has no control over the Black Rocks anymore. Right. But that's probably what allows her to do the uh, uh, the, the Wither and Decay en- uh, de- probably. Th- uh, enchantment. Yeah, because she knows the enchantment now. Right. But that's pro- probably if it was anyone but her mm-hmm. and probably Cassandra now, that, enchant- that, 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 that enchantment wouldn't work. Right. That's what that's what I'm saying. It's the fact that she actually has some of the moon drops power mm-hmm. that allows her to do that. Um and allowed the stones to go anyway. And mm-hmm. if you really think about it, that's Cassandra's fault too. Mm-hmm. Everything comes up to Cassandra was doing the best job she could, and everything she did helped rapunzel in such a way and the two are so diametrically opposed Mm -hmm. in how they approach things and now that they're no longer even close friends Mm -hmm. granted i think uh rapunzel will will be you know fighting to be to get to be friends again with cassandra yeah going through there she's got the more positive feelings that's just how rapunzel is yeah and plus this move this the show would end horribly if cassandra got died while still fighting them. But, uh, yeah, I'm not getting into the ending yet. No, but we'll get there. We'll get there there when we get there. It's, we're only a couple weeks away. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I love the bittersweetness of, I know it sounds weird, but I love the bittersweetness of them coming together and losing because they gain, they're gaining a friendship, which was more important than winning this competition. Right. I like I love that, that that's bittersweet in light of the end of season two. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I will say I have one slight, slight disappointment. Mm. None of the seven kingdoms are Arendelle. Wong wong. <laughs> Granted, when this episode would have taken place. Uh, Elsa wouldn't have been allowed out of her room. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> so they couldn't have participated in the princess games anyway. Right. Or the, yeah, that would have been a one-sided game. Let's say just, that. Just a touch. <laughs> just a touch. Ice, 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 baby. Ice, Everybody's ice, frozen, baby. Yeah, it's like, oh, you, you're gonna, you're gonna fight the, this giant robotic lion, which. Let me just say, there was a part of me when they were showing that say the pointy fangs, and it's going to say, I think it, there's a joke here. There's going to be a joke here. The thing's going to come out, and it's going to be a gopher, because <laughs> we have not had the gopher grab this season, <laughs> or sneeze weasel. One of sneeze, the two. Yeah, sneeze weasel. So it's a lion. It's like okay, it's an y'all iron lion. Y'all left the joke on the table. Fine, <laughs> fine, because they were leading up to like this. 
big reveal of this thing that they were all going to have to capture the flag from. And they're doing this whole big thing that felt like it was leading up to a joke. Mm-hmm. Cause it's the, and it's the kind of joke. This thing would have, this show tells, I think it's going to be a gopher. Please tell me it's a gopher. Oh, it's a giant robotic lion. <laughs> Slightly disappointed. Uh, Cause how funny would it have been that they had to have a gopher crap? <laughs> it's because a giant gopher. It's a, not friendship games. What do they call it? Princess game. Uh, princess games. No, the, the in the first two seasons. Oh, um, uh, uh, gopher grab event took place. Uh, the Corona. Oh, come on. It was like the harmony games or the friendship games. Yeah, or... Something like that. Anyway, doesn't yeah. matter. It's like, oh, it, we have to have that one because oh, we have to have this episode, this, this little plot point every season because we have a formula. Nope. This season, we are actually breaking the formula yeah. in many ways because we have not had, we only had maybe one or two quote unquote filler episodes. True. In what? Six mm-hmm. episodes. By now we we're, we're neck deep in filler usually. Yeah. And we're actually like, no, we're still advancing plot. Mm-hmm. We're actually advancing the plot. So I say that until we get to the next episode. Oh gosh. <laughs> Which we should go into the next episode and get it done with. Yeah. We'll get there when we get there. Are you ready? Yeah. Right. Let's get, uh, let's get in this one. The King and Queen of Hearts. <laughs> directed by Tom Caulfield and written by Ricky Roxburgh. Summary. Rapunzel finds that her parents' memory loss has made them forget how they fell in love. Things get complicated when King Trevor tries to steal the Queen's heart. Guest cast includes, once again, Clancy Brown as King Frederick, Julie Bowen as Queen Ariana, Jeremy Jordan as Varian, Bradley Whitford as King Trevor, Vivian Vincer as Kiera, Charles Halford as Vladimir, and Steve Blum as Attila. Oh, yes. <laughs> In this episode... He's actually two of the characters. Yes, but the one he's attributed to is Attila. Yeah. Uh, In this episode, it is revealed that Rapunzel and her boyfriend, Eugene, still have yet to write their names inside of hers, hers Derson's journal. Technically, they never did. No, they didn't. Uh, the memories of King Frederick and Queen Ariana do start to return when they see Rapunzel and Eugene hug and kiss each other at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Now... Let's start with the good. Okay. I do like the idea that they're still having that, that the events of that first first two episodes, mm-hmm. they're still having to deal with the after effects on this because they have not talked about the status of King Fre- King Frederick and Queen Ariana since episode two. Yes, they've just shown that Rapunzel has taken some charge and uh, in, in their place, but they really haven't talked about where they are. They have heck. They've not even been in the episodes. True. So I do like that we are seeing that. Okay, yeah. The reason they're not been doing much is because they're still dealing with their affected memory loss from the beginning of the season. I do like the simple fact that uh, King Trevor, as mm-hmm. much as I hate him and his character, mm-hmm. and every time he shows up. I do like at the very least that when he comes to steal her heart, to, to steal Queen Ariana, mm-hmm. the gift he's going to give her is actually something that King Frederick will recognize and be able to use to save the day. Mm. Even though yeah. it doesn't look like that thing. 
Yeah. I kind of figured it out like right before he did, but granted we had more time to look at it. Right. Uh, I do like the fact that these characters, this feels like a very realistic way to deal with uh memory loss of being of a love of two lovers past, you know, mm-hmm. what I mean? having to fall in love again and having to realize what it was they loved about mm-hmm. the other person. Cause yeah, they are two different people though. I don't remember King Frederick being an egg collector. Yeah. That's a weird thing. Yeah. But definitely I can see queen Ariana being a thrill seeker because her daughter's a thrill seeker. And her sisters and her are sisters really a thrill seeker. You haven't seen Willow in a while. No. Which I'm fine with. Uh, <laughs> last time we had uh, knockoff triples. True. But uh, yeah, there's a lot that this episode, I think, does well. And then there's King Trevor, mm. who should never be allowed on the show again. <laughs> I hate his character with every fiber of my being because mm. his he's just there to cause trouble. Uh, agreed. This episode could have been taken care of without Trevor showing up. I personally think mm. he adds a little bit more tension to it. Yeah. And I think it does help the story along, but it only is not really helping the story. It's not really help. He's not helping them fall in love. Right. He's not, He's causing maybe some trouble, and maybe that is what causes King Frederick to finally step up and be the man she fell in love with. But the entire concept of King Trevor is annoying. Yeah. This is the guy who has not only a state seal mm-hmm. that's an actual seal. Arp, arp. Not only does he have a seal of approval arp, that arp. the state seal is married to. Arp, arp. But then... <laughs> He has a team of Navy SEALs. Arp, arp. And I am not ashamed to admit, I was hoping there would be only six. SEAL Team 6. <laughs> that was my hope. Now, granted, King Trevor at least does try to be a good guy at the end of the episode. Right. He does help everyone you know, get back safely. Right. And then rides off on the back of his SEAL team back to whatever the name of that kingdom is. Yeah. But he's that character that shows up that makes me go, it's going to be one of those episodes. Mm-hmm. Anyway. What is your thoughts? My thoughts uh, going into the good of this episode. Uh it's a fun little adventure. It's a fun mm-hmm. little adventure. It's the trying to rediscover or reignite a passion for the for the king and queen. And Rapunzel, of course, she has to make everything right. And of course, this is her parents, and she yes. wants everything to be, you know, hunky dory and like everything's happily after because that's her character. Mm-hmm. Uh, I enjoy I enjoy that aspect of it. Uh, king Trevor is a royal pain in the butt, like he's supposed to. Um, I don't necessarily uh, despise his character. I find him really annoying. I think it's just his character. Uh, He is a scumbag of a character. I agree with that. I mean, in many ways, he's supposed to, but he does not. This character, this this show has had a couple of scumbag characters. Yeah. That there's a part of me I like to see them on screen. Yeah. Like Stallion, for instance. She tried to steal 
Eugene from uh, Rapunzel. Rapunzel. Yeah. In the, in the beginning of season two. And then when she comes back, she steals from them at the end of the episode. And a part of me is like, you know, she's scumbag. She's going to cause issues and she's there. It's just who she is. Mm-hmm. And yet I like her character. Right. Same is even true of uh, uh, da, 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 uh, our three quote unquote villains that we've only really seen in really backup shots, except for their few spotlight episodes, which mm-hmm. technically one had a spotlight movie, but that's beside the point. Okay. But I, Mother Gothel is a mm. great is a is a character I don't like. She's yeah. a scumbag, but I do like the character because she's yeah. well written. Matthews, I don't like. Yeah. But he's a well written character, so I appreciate him being a part of the story. Agreed. Uh Painter Lady, I barely remember. <laughs> True. But I thought, but that was the first moment where this show actually was getting somewhere. Right. Like mm-hmm. right after queen for a day introduced zantiri and there being that obvious connection right if it was maybe we didn't get much time with her yet mm-hmm. to really see what kind of person she is but she was still not an annoyance okay king trevor is annoying in every episode every scene he's in of course throughout the entire series and that's why i don't like him he's just... annoying he's supposed to be annoying don't get me wrong but he's not annoying in a way that I can live with. Okay. I, like. I got that you. makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. So going forward, uh, this, the, the episode is good. I just have problems with, uh, chronotic, uh, chron- chron- what word am I looking for? Chronology, chronology, chronological, chronological be like events that they kind of be like, they set up things, but then in this episode, they kind of just, it kind of goes thump. It can, they, 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 they dropped the ball in their. A lot of that, though, is an intentional ball dropping. Are you sure? Some of it is. Okay. But continue. Yeah. Let me, let me, let me further explain this. Uh, so we have the, the scene where Angry and Red show up. Only Angry talks. Yes. But the only problem is it's already been set up that Red does not like being called Red be like she likes being called by her birth name and if we're being honest why are they still calling them angry and red exactly they already have their names yeah because uh rapunzel calls them like oh angry and red red and angry it's like it's like but they don't want to go by, she, they, if she doesn't want to go by red and anymore they, and they both ought to be moving away from those anyway because they are be, starting to become well-respected members of the kingdom yeah <laughs> so but, yeah how about call them by their real actual names yeah but anyway, yeah, and then you get into uh, King Frederick because in the in season one, if I remember correctly, is where we get the introduction of King Trevor. Yes, is where I'm going to episode in like Flynn. Yeah, so it's more be like, hey, we're going to make this, tr- we're going to play this trick on King Trevor and cause all this mischief. And King uh, Frederick is just be like this fun loving guy who is very kind of an adventurous kind of guy. Be like the way the season one plays him as in a way. Can I jump in on this? Okay. The King, Tre- the the King Frederick of season one mm-hmm. is a different character than the one we've got here because of the differences in what's going on. King Frederick in that one. Yes. He's a worry wart for his daughter. Mm-hmm. because She's now back after what? 17 years, 18 years, 18 years. Uh, but she's back and she's proving to be while, while, while she's 
there's still some things to work on, obviously, right. in that season. Uh, she is proving to be able to take care of herself, and he is trying in that episode to get in good with, to understand Flynn. Right. Or Eugene. Yeah. He can afford to let his hair down there, and he's actually trying a little hard in that episode. Yeah, it makes sense. To do this, and plus... There, the fact that there's uh, this uh, thing between the two kingdoms where they uh, prank each other in different mm. ways. Yeah. That makes a lot of... I, I can see this. Yeah. And I can see how maybe this King Frederick is the King Frederick poss- possibly from when he was a teenager. Because we don't know how far back this... Uh, memory loss actually yeah. hits. We know yeah. it goes back to, uh, at least to when he and Queen Ariana met. Yeah, which, as at least twenty years. Yeah, twenty years is a lot of time for someone to change. Yeah, agreed. And granted, wait, uh, memory loss is probably not going to affect you where you're acting like your twenty year old self, like yeah. the comedies usually show. Right. But he is a different person at this right. point because. Not only does he remember to some degree that Rapunzel um, was missing for 18 years, because at the very least, by the time she came back, they would have been filled in on the recent history of Corona, mm-hmm. even if they don't remember it. Right. But um, he he's different at this point. He's. I would be more cautious, as cautious as he is at this point. Makes because sense. It, and it would make sense. It would be so much easier just to stay in your at the castle and collect eggs. Makes sense. Granted, he also doesn't have the authority right now. He usually does because Rapunzel has taken over mm-hmm. so that they, so they can get back on their feet and be full rulers again. Yeah. So he's kind of on vacation and it's kind of reverted back to just playing it safe. Now there is, and there are elements in season one of Frederick thinking of, of being a play it safe character. That makes sense because it'd be so easy for Rapunzel to stay up in her room. Yeah. And he tries to kind of keep her in certain spots and he has to be keeping reminded by just keeping her here. We have, she has traded one tower for another. True. That is and so that's true. a lot of what he's working through in season one. Mm. We don't get him through season two for obvious reasons. They're on the road. Mm-hmm. And then season three, his memory has been wiped. True. And his tr- and that's going to be a traumatic experience no matter what happens. True. And he is going to have to, he's dealing with the fact that, that he'd be more cautious right now anyway. And I think that's. I would agree with you. There. And not as thrill seekery as maybe his wife is. Mm-hmm. They've both reverted somewhat in maturity, but at the same time, they are aware of everything and they are leaning into their safety nets. Yeah. For him, it's collecting eggs, apparently. Yeah. For her, it's it just, is, let's go hang gliding. Yeah. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, but I don't get it. People are people and they, re- and they, and, and sometimes the s- people doing stupid things is actually their security blanket to make them feel safer because it makes them feel like they're in control. Agreed. That's my theory there. I gotcha. That is my theory as to why they're both acting differently than the way they were they were treated in season one. Agreed. Anyway, uh, I think my my third kind of point it's more how King Trevor describes his boat. 
because he describes his boat as a um crap be like how does he describe his boat be like he describes it as a um not a it's like a like a pontoon or something like that a like a like a floating pleasure not a pleasure barge but a uh like a like a yacht no, yeah, not a yacht, but it's something I don't he, remember him describing the boat. So well, he he describes his boat as more of a like just a just like a, like like a pontoon or something like a pontoon boat or something like that. Not, not not a pontoon, but something similar to the like a flat like a flat boat. He's barge, a barge. Yeah, that's what he described. That that's the word I'm looking for. Thank you. He descri- <laughs> he describes his boat as a barge. The and entire yeah, it's time, not a, yeah, it's, it's not, not a barge. barge. It's a it's a galleon. It's I, a galleon ship. Yeah. I'm like, what in the world? Two, two things. A, Trevor's an idiot. I've I agree seen this with many you. Times. Agreed. He would not care that it was called a galleon. He would still think of it as his party barge. Yeah. Because for him, it kind of is. It's his pleasure ship. Yeah. Otherwise, a mermaid, merman version of him would not be on the bow. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's. I like... had flashbacks to Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> Uh, in Jeff Goldblum's ship, if you catch my meaning. Oh gosh, the one they stole. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, no. That one? No, no. That's no, what no. I'm getting flashbacks to. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. It's like when when he lives his uh his barge. I'm like, that's not a barge. And at the exact same time, I'm I, thinking, I get your technical thing but i don't think that was the point of what he was saying no i i, I understand I, I my like an historical point like a, like roman history like i love to go to roman history uh emperor nero made two barges yeah and put it on a lake he was those are barges <laughs> he was using barge as a synonym for boat not yeah. as the type of boat it was. i know i know i'm being you're pedantic pedantic is the word thank you that's what i i actually called uh Roy that <laughs> Francisca that <laughs> on one other thing. So he was being pedantic about one other thing, but I don't remember what it is now. <laughs> moving on, moving on. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's it. Okay. Good episode. I just saw those little things. I'm like, Eek! I, I know those little <laughs> things can get under your nerves. It's yeah. just, I don't think, I, I think that's not what the, no, it's not. That's not the point. I actually think that the reason they did that, like I said, yeah. was he was, think of it this way he was talking about how this giant ship was nothing but a barge yeah or a dinghy a small boat Mm -hmm. a workhorse to give i just like well if he thinks this is a barge imagine what he thinks a full-blown sailing ship is going to be yeah maybe that's the kind of thought process that's going through my mind it's like oh this giant sword oh this is just a knife Mm-hmm. obviously it's not a knife it's a sword but i say oh if you think this is a sword you should see what we call a sword yeah if you think this ship is a is a is a galleon you should say th- see what we think is a galleon because he was trying to show off queen ariana that makes sense that's uh, my that makes sense i understand why it didn't fit with a you. tangled theory <laughs> thanks for watching in the meantime <laughs> i think that will bring us to the end of the yes. show uh this is uh, uh you have anything to add before we finish uh no i'm looking forward to this the the next movie uh i know nothing about this all i know it's set in the i know nothing the about universe either. of marvel yeah and it's based on the tv shows that were going around that time too hmm. whereas this is what the lead into those tv shows so okay it will definitely be a better animation 
in the last Marvel uh, oh movie my we watched. Gosh, I hope so. But anyway, yeah. Uh, in the meantime, this has been Drew. This is Jacob, and we'll catch you in the next frame. You can follow Jacob on his Facebook at Jacob B Heron. His Facebook page, Jacob's Daily Art Corner, where he tries to draw each and every day. His Instagram at Jacob B Heron. His Twitter at Jacob Heron. And his letterbox to Jacob Heron. You can find Drew on Facebook at Drew Dodgen. His Facebook page, Drew's photo bin to see his photography. His letterbox page at GGeorge759. His Twitter at GGeorge759. And Instagram at Drew Dodgen. You can like us on Facebook at The Cellcast Podcast, on Twitch at The Cellcast Gaming, on YouTube at Cellcast, on Twitter at Cast underscore Cell. The Cellcast can be found at Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else fine podcasts are downloaded from. Please rate and review us where you found us, and also on Podchaser. Email us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. The Cellcast is a proud member of both the Pop Americana and Culture Box Media Networks. For more information, please see the link in the description. Our theme song is Drop and Roll by Silent Partner. And remember, that's Cell with a single L. episode's over. Wait, what am I doing back in the teapot? Drew! What in the world you do now? Man, get me out of here! Come on, man! Get me out of here!